You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Um, but I love these two so much. Uh, I had the privilege of officiating their wedding that happened literally a few weeks after COVID. We were in a backyard with like six of us. And then we got to do a second one, a bigger celebration. And I've just been watching these two live their single life, dating life, engaged life, married life for the glory of God. And then with all the things that happened recently, I've just been so inspired, inspired by the ways that these two are following Jesus, even when things get really hard. And so I'm excited for them to share their story with you. One more time, could you give it up for Bronte and Austin? All right, I would like to open in prayer, so if everyone could bow their heads. Um, Daily Father, thank you for bringing us all together today. Thank you for all the leaders who made the and provided the delicious food. Um, we just ask that our story um, be taken well by everyone, that whoever needs to hear it um, listens with opening ears, and that uh, we know that you've helped us through all the stuff we've gone through, dear Jesus. And... Uh, we ask that the words that we speak come from you and not from us, and that everything that be taken away uh, be exactly what you want people to hear, Jesus. And we pray your name for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I'm just going to start by introducing myself. For those who you don't know me, I am Austin. I lead the 11th grade boys with Kellen. Uh, and this is my wife, Bronte. Hello. Hello. I lead the 11th grade girls over there. Okay, so we'll get right into it. So um, we're going to talk to you a little bit about our story and where we've seen God show up through that. So on May 28th, Bronte and I got some of the best news we have ever received. We found out that we were pregnant and we were going to have our first child. And I know a lot of you guys don't know this, but I am huge on having kids. Like, I love kids. I've always loved kids. Bronte is an amazing aunt to two little kids, and I've seen her be such an amazing um, person from teaching dance to so many things. So we were so excited. So as all uh, pregnant couples do, we went and we found our OB. Um, she was recommended to us by Bronte's primary care physician. She stated that she was an amazing OB, but she was very, very busy. Um, so that was the only concern. So we went in, we got this, we met with OB and she, you could tell she was busy because she was in and out and she she really didn't have time, but when he asked questions, she knew what she was talking about. I could tell that she was very, very knowledgeable, but I could tell she felt like she didn't really have time for us. So we got to see a picture of our baby on an ultrasound, and I think that was an extremely special moment for Bronte and I. It was something that allowed us to connect even more and allowed us to connect with our baby um, even more. Um, we were told that we had to go get blood work, and they said that this is totally normal. Hey, go get some blood work done. So Bronte and I were like, hey, we've already taken some time off work. Let's just go get the blood work now. So we went immediately, got the blood work as soon as we left the appointment. Um, they told us it would be three weeks till we hear anything back. Three days later, Bronte gets a call and the doctor tells Bronte, hey, there's a 60% chance that your baby has Down syndrome. And we sat there and, 
And I don't think we were sad and I don't think we were hurt, but we just felt so lost because we didn't have answers. 60% means 40% there wasn't a chance. And she didn't really give information of why that was the case. She didn't say, hey, it's 60% because of this, it's 60%. She said, there's a 60% chance. And that was it. Then she hung up the phone. So we didn't have very many answers. They told us, hey, your next step is to meet with a genetics counselor. So we prayed really hard that we would meet with a genetics counselor that could listen to us, that heard us and that wanted to be a personable with us, that wanted to answer our questions, that wanted to spend time with us, that wanted to listen to us. Um, we showed up for a genetics counselor meeting and God answered that prayer because the lady we met was amazing. She fully answered our questions. She fully felt like she had time for us and she really connected with us on a personal level. In that meeting, she said that that 60% chance was fairly low for us. She looked at our family history. She said, hey, 60% doesn't seem that high for you guys. I, I personally think, in my professional opinion, that your baby will not have Down syndrome. So she gave us some more options. We went through some more things, and she said, hey, you guys can go through an amniocentesis, and that will give you a 99% accuracy of whether your baby has Down syndrome. And we thought about it, we prayed about it, and we said, yeah, let's do that. The reason we did that is because we wanted to have the most amount of information to love our baby and care for our baby um, as possible. As parents, we were like, let's, let's get all this information because we know that Down syndrome kids can have many problems coming out. They might have some medical problems that need immediate surgery. So we were like, let's get ahead of this. Um, so we scheduled that appointment for August 5th. Um, and in between that meeting, we met with our OB again, but this time we didn't meet with the doctor. She said that we had to meet with a nurse practitioner she was partnered with, and that meeting left us feel, felt really uncertain. We went in, and she walked in and was immediately to business. Didn't hi, no highs, no formalities, just hopped right in. It was a job tour. She, we weren't really people patients. Um, she tried to detect the heartbeat from a monitor on Bronte and just couldn't find the baby's heartbeat. She spent maybe five minutes trying to find it, couldn't find anything. So she said, oh, let's go into the other room. We'll do an ultrasound. She found the baby. She found the baby's heartbeat. We asked, we asked some questions because Bronte was experiencing some pain, and she kept saying, that's normal. That's normal. Everything's normal. Yep, baby looks good. You guys are good. Yep, that's normal. But we felt feeling really uncertain, but we held on to the fact that she said everything was normal. So... August 5th, the amniocentesis rolls around. That week before, Bronte was feeling very uneasy about it. She said that she didn't really want to do it. Why would we do it if we know we're going to love our baby no matter how they look, no matter how they act, no matter what they're born with? We're going to love our baby. And I agreed, but I wanted the information. I thought it was important that we had that information. The morning of the amniocentesis, Bronte changed, and she said, hey, I know that God has everything. God is taking care of it. I have this deep feeling that God is telling me everything's okay. And that made me feel happy too. So I had taken a few hours off work, told my boss, hey, I'm gonna be back by lunchtime. This is a quick appointment. There's not much downtime. It's an in and out, outpatient thing. So we walk into the, um, the appointment and yet again, we get a doctor, doesn't wanna connect with us, doesn't wanna look at us, just goes in, hey, I gotta do some scans before I do this procedure. All right, fine. He starts doing some scans. He pulled up the ultrasound, started doing some scans, and, and you could tell as soon as he pulled it up, his face dropped. The nurse's face dropped. And, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, what's going on? Why aren't they saying anything? He's taking picture after picture after picture, handing it to the nurse, handing it to the nurse. He does contrast, and all you can see is blue. No red, no purple, no orange, blue. 
he takes a step back and says, I'm sorry, your baby no longer has a heartbeat. Your baby died, and I was broken. I was so, so broken, and I just couldn't get myself together because we were coming in for a normal appointment, and we lost our baby. We didn't do anything wrong. Bronte felt like God said everything was going to be okay, and, and the baby, our baby was gone. And so he told us that Bronte's going to need to go through an induced labor, and if we wait, she's going to have an infection. So he said, hey, your doctor's here today. She's on call. You guys can go do this right now. So we did. We said, let's go do it. Okay. So they took us up to labor nearly before, dropped us off, said, you guys can check yourself in, give them your information. They'll take care of you. So while I'm feeling lost, confused, don't really know what's going on, just I know that she has to go through induced labor, and I know that we lost our baby, they're saying, yeah, you guys do it yourself. So we did. I had to muster up and, and figure all that out. And, uh, and this is where I'll let Bronte take the rest of the story. Yeah, so um, we get into our hospital room at this point. Um, and again, we're still really confused on what's about to happen. They didn't explain anything to us on what's to come. It was more like, let's take you up and then we'll tell you from there. Um, later find out after meeting with our first nurse that an induced labor was a full labor process. Nothing changed just because we were early along. We were about 18 weeks, so it's kind of that weird cutoff point where if you're considered 20 weeks, it's stillborn, 18 weeks, still miscarriage, but the baby's still too far developed where they have to go through a full labor, and there was no other option for that. They had said that it would take about 24, week, 24 to 48 hours for the whole labor process, um, but I kept asking, is there any way that this would be speed, uh, sped up in any chance? I just really wanted to go home. I didn't want to be there but I wanted everything to be done and over with. Um, so at this point, they kept reassuring that nothing was going to be faster than 24 hours, and we just kind of had to accept that. So we quickly called our family, our family rallied together, and they just gathered whatever they thought would help us feel comfortable while we were at the hospital. Because again, we just weren't really prepared with anything. Um, I started after the first part of the indu induction started, I started feeling some pain and the nurse immediately just kind of blew it off. She said, there's no way you're feeling anything. It's too early. What you might be feeling is just some tiny pains. And so it's nothing for us to even check or be concerned about. Um, and that kept happening for the next few hours whenever I would talk to that nurse. Uh, then our night nurse switched and she came in with her hot pink scrubs super bubbly and lively, and I knew that we'd probably connect a lot better. Um, she was the first person to actually sit down and listen to me. She wanted to get to know our story, what brought us there, and then she intently asked us if we had picked out a name for our baby because she wanted to be able to call her by name rather than just some other patient. Then she listened to me when I told her I was in pain, and she was the first person to say this may go along a little bit faster than what we expected, so she wanted me to be prepared. And I think that gave me the little glimpse of hope that I needed in that moment. Um, about seven hour mark, I was in some of the worst pain I had experienced thus far, and I had asked what my options would be, and she had suggested a couple doses of pain meds, 
But this only lasted about 40 minutes, 45 minutes of relief, and then the pain would come back a little bit more intense. So it got to the point where I had asked, is there any way that we can look into an epidural option? And so because of what our situation was, they had to go through getting approval with our doctor. And then after our doctor finally approved it, then it took time to get me set up for it. And then they had to wait for the doctor to come in and actually administrate it. So that took a few hours before that even happened. Um, and to everyone's surprise, around the 12-hour mark, right before they were about to give me the epidural, they had said that uh, they wanted to check just to see how far we had moved along before. And to their surprise, I had been ready to go ahead and just go through the delivery process in that moment. And so, again, this was at the 12-hour mark, so a lot faster than anyone had expected. At around 2-ish in the morning, we got to meet Paisley Joy, and we got to hold her in that moment, and we spent quite a bit of time just being with her and getting to just hold her and um, embrace her, and it was crazy to be able to see all the different features that she had. So early on, we got to see the, her nose, her lips, her chin, we got footprints, we got handprints, all of that, which was insane for us to be able to see God's creation in something that was still so tiny and something that was forming. Um, I remember holding her that first time and just feeling like she was so lucky that she would get to go live a lifetime with Jesus and never have to endure any pain. Um, I think that, like, that obviously didn't mean that I wasn't going to miss everything about her or everything that our life would be with her, but I was, um, in that moment, I think reality finally hit with the fact that we would forever live with this type of heartache and this type of pain for the rest of our life. After begging my doctor the next morning to go home early, she had approved it. So by the time, from the time we got checked in to the time we got checked out, it was about 24 hours total. So it's crazy to think back that they kept telling me it was going to be 24 to 48 hours of just labor, and I was able to get in and out of there within that 24 hours. So we get home. And we begin the actual recovery process. And I knew this was going to be demanding both physically and emotionally. And I kept trying to think, how do I return back to normal life after everything that we had just gone through? I was angry and frustrated at God. And I didn't really understand why he would allow something like this to happen. Especially when we felt, have felt like we had been so faithful to him. And especially when I had kept saying that I would love her regardless of the challenges that she would face. Um, and one of my toughest days when I was sitting on the couch crying, I kept getting this one image in my head that God was embracing me and he had wrapped his arms around me and he had started weeping with me and kept saying, I understand your pain. I think that in that moment is when I truly remembered the fact that God understands our pain and he hurts with us when we hurt. And it wasn't something that he enjoyed watching us go through. It wasn't something that he intently wanted to put us through, but it was something that he was going to walk through with us. Um, in that time, I knew that we had two options. We can either run away from God or we can run from, we can run to him. And I think that in the, in a hard time, the easier option is to run away from him. But I knew that I would have to make an active decision each day to run towards him. It was extremely difficult, but I had to force myself to open up my Bible some days and read and pray. But every time I did, I felt him near and close. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I truly felt that verse. I 
continue to see God show up again and again. And when I look back at our pregnancy story, I can see him from the very beginning through to the very end in the big and the little ways. Um, Every day now, I feel like I feel more and more like myself, but I don't know if I'll ever be completely healed. But I know that in Jesus' hands, I am okay. I definitely have my moments where I feel like life sucks, but I also have good days as well. Um, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. It's hard for me to think that I'll ever understand how this is all working for our good, but I continue to cling to the truth that God has a better idea of our, our life and what our future holds. Every day I make the decision to want to grow from the situation and see how God's going to use me and use Paisley's story. I um, think that every moment that we go through, good or bad, God is preparing us for the future that only he can see. And I will continue to want to be that person that gets to praise him in our highest highs, but also gets to praise him in our lowest lows because I know he's also using that as an opportunity. I know it's not always easy, but every day I remind myself that it's always going to be worth it. So first, I would like to say that Bronte was a huge inspiration through those first six weeks of her recovery. I mean, I could say every day I woke up and I saw her on her Bible reading a book, just leaning into God, whether it was with worship or, or whatever. And so I was inspired. Um, my recovery looked a little bit different, um, and it's still going on to now. Uh, it took me the six weeks of making sure Bronte was okay physically and emotionally for me to feel anything, because through those six weeks, anytime someone asked me how I was doing, my answer was okay. I was okay. But I truly felt that. Like, I was like, no, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I don't feel any emotions. Um, about six weeks after we got home, everything hit me. And, like, I still feel to this day I have some really sad days, some really angry days, and some 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 better days. Um, but I look to Bronte as an inspiration. And I look to my friends and family who have helped me get through this, who have talked to me. Um, and, and I see this community of even the leaders here who um, went out of their way to send us encouraging text messages to pray for us and, and to bring us meals. Like, they were amazing, and they helped beyond what they know. It was, it was truly incredible for us. Um, something that I saw, which was kind of crazy, I saw out on a run the other day. I was going to go across the street, and I saw the verse Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, and I saw it, someone had just put a sticker on a crosswalk sign as I was going to cross the street. It says, come, all to, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when I look at that, I see that as I go to God in prayer, in his word, in, God, in worship, I see that. I see that my burdens feel light. I feel better. I have better days. I have more consistently. But when I'm not consistent in my prayer, when I'm not consistent in my reading the word and I'm not consistent in um, worship, I feel it much, much more. And my sad days are worse and my happy days are less, less often. Lastly, I want to talk about entering the holidays. So entering the holidays, for me at least, is going to be tough this year. Surrounded by friends and family is awesome. And the holiday season has always been something I've looked forward to. You know, it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's. It's, it's made to be this special thing. But 
going into this with the way I feel and what had happened between me and Bronte leaves me feeling anxious and certain. And I know there's some of you out there that might be feeling that way right now, that going into this isn't happy and this isn't, and it doesn't feel fun. And I just want to encourage you that diving into the word, diving into prayer, diving into the people around you, your leaders are amazing opportunities. And talking about this is going to make it easier because it took six weeks for me to realize that I need to talk about this. I need to tell someone. I need to, I need to be vulnerable. And that's really, really hard for me. Um, and I just hope that any of you guys that need this, you know, we're here to talk to you guys. Your leaders are here to talk to you. Eric and Claire are here to talk to you. Um, but if you guys are going through anything, we really want to encourage you guys to talk to someone and you really, really lean into God during this time. Um, and with that said, I'm going to pray us out. And uh, I think Eric's going to come back up here. So, Daily Father, thank you for giving Bronte and I the opportunity to speak today. Um, we know that you're going to use Paisley in our lives for the rest of our lives to bring people closer to you. And we're so grateful for that. We know that through this pain, we've grown closer to you and, and we want to just continue to grow closer to you and everyone here, dear Jesus. And we just ask that you continue to watch over each and every one of us as we go through this holiday season, as we may be experiencing some tough things in our lives that um, you help us with those burdens and you make yourself known that, that you're here for us, that you can help us through this.